0: yes yes here we go once again this is black neo radio c23 your host and um hey you know with everything going on in the world today 2020 been crazy uh we all need to laugh right about now you know what i mean so with that said i got one of the funniest men on the planet one of the funniest comedians you know say so been a lot of things you want to definitely recognize his face Definitely recognize his name and I uh, know you know his work. Mr. Cool Bubba Ice. What's
1: up, dawg? Yo,
0: yo, yo. yo, how you doing, sir? How you doing today? I've been all right, man. Just woke up early, trying
1: to I was trying to go back to sleep, but that wasn't gonna work, so I just line just jumped up.
0: You know, well, it's Sunday, you know what I'm saying? So it's uh it is a day of rest. Supposedly. Yeah, that don't
1: never happen. It <laughs> don't happen with
0: me. Once right. I get up, I'm up. You know, yeah. so um, for those that don't know, I mean, you you go way way back. I mean, can you um, you know, first where are you from? I
1: uh, represent Dirty Jersey all day every day.
0: Okay, North NJ, what part? Yeah, um,
1: I'm from I'm from Newark. Then I moved to um from Newark, but then I moved to Irvington. Then I moved to Georgia. Then I moved to um I'm in Parlin, New Jersey
0: now. Okay, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Definitely uh shout out to Jersey, Newark, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, the Bricks, Chocolate yeah. City, A.K.A. Definitely got a lot of love for for Newark and Jersey. Yes, yeah, um, sir. So how'd you get into the business? How'd you get started? How long you been doing comedy?
1: Man, I've been doing comedy since nineteen eighty nine. I was a junior in high school when I was doing it. And uh wow. Yeah, that's a long time. So I'm like 31 years now. It'd be 32 in January. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I mean, I started doing comedy watch without that. Oh yeah, we um <laughs> we had like a little. I used to go on this Christian retreat with my best friend every year, and um we had uh, uh decide we was going to do some skits or something like that there, and he wanted to rap and I wanted to do comedy, so I went up there and did a whole bunch of impersonations, and he went up there and started rapping and. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And when I came back from, we came back from the Christian retreat. I came back to um, uh, school the next couple of days later. And they were throwing a, uh, They was, it was deciding it was going to do like a Black History Month show, which was basically a talent show. But they lied and said it was going to be uh, a Black <laughs> celebration, but it was actually it was a talent show. And uh, a couple of weeks before that, I had a, did a, 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 a stand up. And I wish I could find it. And they, and they taped it in a spot in Jersey City. And I think I did like 15, 30 minutes of stand-up. And they would, they would videotape, videotape you in a room. And you get to keep the tape yourself. I forgot how much it cost. It made like a $100 or something like that. And you go in there for 30, 40 minutes. And you do what you wanted to do. They took the tape. They shot you. And they gave it back to you. I mean, no audience, no nothing. You just pretty much performed in front of yourself.
0: That's the good old days.
1: Yeah, that was a good old days so when they had VHSs and stuff. So they taped me. I don't know what happened to the tape. I can't find it. I wish I could find it. But um, I think I submitted it to um, uh, rest in peace to Miss Owens, which is uh, Queen Latifah's mom, and she saw the tape. Queen Latifah saw the tape and she said, "Boy, you stupid as hell. Boy, you stupid." And I for real like, he said, "Yeah, you stupid. You funny as hell." I Okay, oh, yeah, thank you. So then that's how I got into the talent show. And after I did the talent show, I did this uh, comedy competition at this club in uh, Jersey right after that. I came in second place. Somebody told me about this crazy club called Terminal D that was real rowdy and crazy. And I did that, and I did good the first time I came back, and I ate it. And that was when I ran into Hamburger and Derek Fox at the time.
0: Hamburger?
1: We, yeah, so that's my, my comedy brothers right there. And they told me to go to this club called Uptown Comedy Club in Harlem, and they'll teach me how to do comedy. And I was like, the best thing I ever did was I went to the Uptown Comedy Club of Harlem and they taught me how to do comedy. They taught me how to break a joke down, everything. So weeks later, I started going back to Terminal D again. And it was like, I was getting better. They was like, yo, like, what you doing? Like, what you you, you going? I said, yo, I'm going back to the spot you told me to go to. They're like, for real? I said, yeah. And so, well, the next time you go up there, bring us up there with you. I said, all right, cool. So I gave my number. We started speaking, and then we drive up there every Tuesday to do rehearsal. And he teaches us how to break a joke down, and we all got good. That's what's up?
0: Yep. And people think uh, it's a it's a science of comedy that people don't realize. It is. Mm-hmm. is. You no, know, you gotta be funny naturally, but you know what I'm saying you gotta um same way you know people can rhyme, but everybody can rap. Yep. This is true. So. This- i know i see you on the apollo apollo uh comedy album mm. yeah like 90 that was like i think i was like
1: 1990 no that was like no that was 91, 91 yeah that was like uh uh we we had like three seasons on that show that that show came about because of um uh it was this guy uh Oh, yeah, yeah. So what happened was this brother, his name was Chuck son, Rest in peace to him, too. Good Lord. So rest in peace to him, too. He had uh, um, had his concept of a sh- sketch show he wanted to do. And he ran into uh, Terry Hodges, who used to host the uh, uh, Apollo, Showtime at the Apollo. And he said, listen, man, you know, I'm all right. I, I do what I do. But you should get of Ice because he does characters, impersonations and everything. So you should put him on the show so the guy was like okay oh. so Chuck was like okay cool so he, check, he took me out checked me out Derek Fox and this guy named Face Man and um we was had, we had meetings with Chuck maybe like three or four times you know a couple times with him came with some ideas and then he disappeared for like two months I think and we was like, yo whatever happened you know he never heard nothing from him da-da-da-da-da. the next thing we know they had auditions for Apollo Comedy Hour but the deal was we didn't have to audition. We automatically got in. We was we was we was in no matter what. So um I think they uh, start having auditions for the other cast members, and everything was cool. The next thing we knew, they start having auditions for Living Color around the same time. So me, Derek, every comedian in New York auditioned for the Living Color. We ran out there to audition for it, and um, we didn't say nothing of it. So while this was going on. We were doing um, Apollo Comedy We had rehearsals. We sitting down. We talking everything. We about to go down. We about to start shooting this pilot and everything. So we uh, we audi- we uh, auditioned maybe uh, the week before we were supposed to start shooting. And the next thing we know, um, we were in a meeting with Apollo Comedy I' know, mean, know about to sit down and go for a rehearsal. And somebody... My boy Derek got a page. That's when pages was the south. He got a page on his page. He's like, "Yo, I got a page." The three one oh number. So we ran downstairs and we called on the payphone. <laughs> this is real. It's real nineties right here. He called on the payphone and a guy was like, then somebody called Derek." He spoke. Hey, spoke to him and said, "Hey, we saw you last night with uh, Living Color. Want you to come out?" He was like, "What?" So he jumping all up and down. I was like, "Wow, that's dope." And the next thing you know, my pager goes off. I'm like, ah yeah. And it was a 310 number. I called. So they wound up both getting the call for um a living color. So we had to go upstairs and tell the people from Apollo County, I listen, we just got called for a Living Color. And at the time a Living Color was killing it. So they got to, everybody was like, listen, that's a big break right there. We just start now. We understand. If y'all gonna go, y'all go you know, we'll hold your spots, but, you know, if, you know, once we start shooting, it is what it is. So we was out there for like a week. I mean, not even a week, maybe like a couple of days and, um, we flew to LA and neither one of us got it, but the experience alone was crazy. Like, they put us like this little boot camp type train and it was myself, Aerie Spears, that uh, yeah. was Hugh Moore, uh, Derek Fox and myself and a couple other cats. And, um, it was crazy. So we auditioned for it. Nobody got... It. Oh, and this this my boy, um, a Mexican comic out of LA named Gene Pompa. Funny as hell. Great characters. I don't understand how... um, They didn't take none of us. So um, we didn't get it. We came back home with our tails between our legs. And then we wound up doing stand-up on Apollo Comedy after that first episode. And then um, after that, they put us back on the show. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: That's I know... Mm-hmm. Um... It was a lot of good comedians, you know. what I'm saying, starting out back then.
1: Oh yeah, it was tons. Like, and, and we talking about, and I, this was like '91, and um, it was like 1991 when we started Apollo Comedy Hour*. And at the same time, right after that, maybe a couple months later, they started doing *Def Comedy Jam*. And that's what kind of changed the game for everybody. Cause so, like a lot of things happened in '91: *Def Comedy Jam*, mm-hmm. Apollo Comedy Hour*. Then down the plot from us. Uh, uh, Uptown Comedy Club had a show so for years people would confuse my show, I would show Apollo Comedy Hour with um, Uptown Comedy Club show and I'm like no that's not the show I was on, I was on Apollo Comedy oh no you was on there with me, I said no no no, no. we came on on Sunday in New York at 1.30 in the was it 1.30? Yeah 1.30 in the morning on a yeah. Sunday night, technically Monday yeah. morning yeah. and Uptown came on on good time on Saturday at around, I think, 10.30, 11 o'clock. So they had us beat. So we was they had a good time slot in there. We had the worst time slot. So I was like, why would y'all put us on at 1.30 in the morning? That was like the dumbest thing in the world. But they put us on a rerun to Friday the 13th of the series. I'm like, really? You couldn't push that back and push us up? Right. So they, they pushed us to like one thirty. But in the good markets, like L.A., we was on like a soul train. And back then, soul train was like, show. So um, oh, yeah. we was we had a good time slot in LA, which was good.
0: Yeah, that's you know what that's. I remember those days, of uh, standing up late, you know, and, and the and the shows come on and stuff, and you like, am I the only one that's watching this?
1: Yeah, it, actually, you weren't. It was quite a few people watching our show late. I don't know why they gave us that crazy time slot. That was like the worst time slot in the world. But you know, they um, that's what they gave us. So um. Uh, yeah, we we stayed at that time stop for a minute, and I think they changed us around a little bit, but they, they I think they threw us right back at one thirty. But uh, that's the same time that Deaf Comedy Jam wind up pop. Same year, Deaf Comedy Jam popped up. I think they popped off at August of, was August to September of nineteen ninety one is when Deaf Comedy Jam started coming out. And I remember the tapings. I was at. We were a lot of. We was at. Damn near every taping. From ninety one to like ninety three, we was at every taping. Myself, Hamburger, Derek, Fry, we was almost at every single taping when we did that when when Def Comedy Jam came out. Some
0: classic clips. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And you got and you got one of the all time uh, classic hats.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was known for for the pajamas <laughs> yeah. and the big old hat. So to this day, people are like yo, why you wear the half the mustard, man? I am too old yeah. to be dressed like like that now, dog. Like I mean, I still wear some weird stuff every now and again, maybe some bright colors, but I just, I'm still like in the spirit, but I'm just not as 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 crazy with the clothes as I used to be.
0: It was different back then. It was a different style back yeah,
1: then. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, And I caught hell behind that because in the in the South, they were a little bit more um. No, the 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 mid the mid the, the the north and in the Midwest was a little bit cool on me with the pajamas. But when I went down south, I kind of got away with it from like North Carolina to South Carolina. I kind of got away with it. When I started Mississippi and Memphis, they wasn't with it. They was not with it. They was like, yo, what's why you got this pajamas on and the slippers? <laughs> like, they was I was catching hell. But I got away with it in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida a little bit. But it's like certain parts of the South, they was not messing with that.
0: Them that's yeah. that tell that's that tellin' you the house party's still going on.
1: Exactly. So they they been, but they they just wasn't with it. Like you know, anything different at that time, they was like, nah. You know, it was you could be different, but not too different to them. You know, it's kind of like and I pissed them off a little bit. So. That was the only problem I had was when I went to the deep, deep south, they had a problem with the pajamas, even on the west coast, the West coast is like what the hell, you know, but they still let me do what I do though
0: it's a little so, di- it's a little different so yeah. um like who were who your um comedy inspirations like your uh let's say the inspirations
1: well when at that at that time, um I was a big Eddie Murphy fan, um
0: shout out to Eddie.
1: Yeah, Eddie Murphy was was like I was it. Like Eddie Murphy was like the god of comedy to me. So, like that was Ed. You know, Rich Richard Pry, Eddie Murphy. Um, yeah, rest in peace to Rich. That was my dog. Um, not that I knew him, but it was like you know that's the that's the one, and also one that kind of changed the game for. Um, well, my father was actually the first person to put me on comedy. If, if you go any further than that, my father was the first one to introduce me to comedy. He got me into like cheese like and Costello, The Three Stooges, The Marx Brothers, and oh. stuff like that. And then my father's favorite comic was Richard Pride. So my father saw Richard Pryor. When Richard Pryor movie came out, we on that line. We gonna see that bad boy. That's what it was. And as I got older and a teenager, I remember um, seeing Eddie Murphy on, um, on Saturday Night Live. And I'm like, wow, this dude is hilarious. And then uh, one of my cousins, they let me listen to his first album, Delirious. And I was like, yo, like, who is this dude? And I just was hooked after that. So I think Eddie, so and I think Eddie Murphy was like the one that inspired me. Like, that's why I wanted to be like Eddie Murphy, because he do impersona- impersonations. I could do impersonations, and that kind of inspired me. And then another comedian at the time, his name was Dougie Doug.
0: No, I, I like, don't Yo,
1: yeah, Dougie Doug was like an animal, man. Like, I never seen anybody just, like, he could just, he could do impersonations, he could do characters, he could do everything, and it was like, I i was always kind of angry that he never got that flat so that he deserved. Like I think he he had so much to show the, show the world, but he never really got to that spot where he should have gotten to.
0: Right, right.
1: Because at that time, they only had, like, one black comic a decade, yeah. and they wasn't trying to, you know, bring anybody out That so that cracks me up when people kind of smash Def Comedy Jam, but Def Comedy Jam is the reason why you got to a hamburger, uh, a coop of ice, Bernie Mac and Steve Harvey's and and, and Bruce Bruises and earthquakes because of Def Comedy Jam. Because if it wasn't for Def Comedy Jam, you'd only still be talking about one black comic a decade. Like they've been doing like, okay, we got Eddie Murphy. That's it. We got this guy. That's it. Like that's all they kept giving us. So when Def Comedy Jam came through, they bust through the mold and we needed that. Because you mm-hmm. just got tired of having one black comic a decade,
0: so. And, uh, definitely, definitely shout out to Russell, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. shout out to yeah. Martin, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, really though, you know, shout out to all of y'all, because y'all definitely uh, brought a lot of laughs to um, my generation, I was 16 and 91, so. Wow. You know, to see black comedians and, you know, talking, you know what I'm saying, like we talked. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that, that really, um, shout out to the OGs also, but that really, you know, made an impact on on our generation.
1: Yeah, because we didn't, we didn't, we never saw that. They never had that before. And I don't care how much flack they call people. Oh, they cursed too much. I said, listen, man, listen, listen. It's no such thing as perfection. But the one thing you did see was you saw more than just one black comedian getting it. And there was no disrespect to Eddie Murphy or nothing, but I just felt that that was disrespectful to think that it's only one guy as that town said, and it's not. It was as a whole. And it's still pissed off about that because we flooded the gates
0: right.
1: to let the industry know that, no, it, this is not just one funny black guy. It's a, a bunch of us. And what they did with the industry at that time was they only used one black comic, put him in everything, burnt him out. People got tired of looking at him, and then they just grabbed one more. They never did that with the mainstream comics. We had a dozen mainstream comics, but mm-hmm. we only had one black comic getting it a decade. That was ridiculous. How you gonna say Bill Cosby's the only funny comedian, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and then and, and just like one a decade? And then when 91 hit, a Depth Comedy Jimmy, or you flooded the market, they had no choice. They had no choice. They had to start shining these other comedians.
0: They yeah, had to respect and, it, you know what
1: I mean? That's yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then they saw putting them comics in the mainstream rooms and a line around the corner and it starts selling out. And they, you know, they were like, wait a minute, hold on. We got some. We, we might have got something right here. It's like, yeah. And originally they didn't like that, but, you know, we had to kiss a lot of butt to do the mainstream rooms and it was just hell. Like, they treated us like trash. Like, to do the mainstream rooms in the 90s, they were very, very, very racist. Like, they might have one or two black comedians, one or two black Asians, one or two Indians, and you know the rest was all white, you okay. know, yeah, and it's a secret. It. Yeah, so it was just like it was just very racist at that time. It still is, but I'm just saying it was extremely racist back then. So it's a little bit. We kind of broke the mold where we kind of bust down those walls, so you can come up in there now and and uh, pack a room out, and they're not gonna say nothing because as long as you put them butts in that seats, that's all that matters
0: now. Yeah. Once again, like I said, you know, what I'm saying much respect and much love you know everything y'all did in breaking those doors down and putting that work in and these uh these comedians today i don't think they you know fully appreciate that understanding that
1: nah. so some of them if they do their homework they do so oh. a lot of people been watching deaf comedy jam now like yo that show's funny as hell you know and oh wait who this guy who's that guy yo da-da-da-da. you know so they kind of <laughs> i'm glad it kind of researched you know resurfaced again but uh, I sure like a good check, though. How about that? Right, where, the <laughs> I used to check about where the YouTube yeah, check
0: Where YouTube check at? That,
1: yeah, where that, where that Deaf County Jam money at? I never did get any residuals for that either. I, I mean... I think I just got a check a couple of weeks ago for like $11 and 36 cents because they streamed it. No. But yeah, man, but I never, ever got a check. Even when they did the best of and they start selling the DVDs and VHS is out, I never got a check. They was like, oh, we can't find you. And I said, I know I'm on the best of episode. I had one of the craziest shows on there. Yeah. How could I not be in the best of? So no one could find it. And then by the time they did find it, it was too late, you know, it was too late, they had already shut it off, they told me what episode I was on and everything, but I never got a check,
0: like never I know, got a record. like I know where
1: I'm at now, so what's up, <laughs> yeah exactly, you know where I'm at now, but now it's like, you know, no one, no one's buying it now, so people don't buy DVDs anymore, barely, I mean, some people still buy DVDs, and I'm and it's so funny that I still sell DVDs when I do my show, like, I don't even have a DVD player, I'm like, for real? You know, but they buy it anyway, just out of respect. No but um, I'm going to start doing the flash drives. I've um, been saying I've been doing the flash drives for a year, but now I got one. So now I'm going to start seeing how this works out. So I can start selling the flash drives and that could kind of work out. But yeah, you know, it, you know, now it's kind of hard. Now you got to go with streaming and they're still trying to figure out how the way to get residuals from streaming instead of um, uh, DVDs and uh, VHS at the time. So it was a little bit different now. Because they don't, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to track a streaming than it is a sale of a DVD. You can track yeah. a sale of a DVD, but when you come to streaming, you know, people will say, yeah, we're streaming on my network on Ha Ha Ha, you funny network, but then, um, LOL got it, and then, um, Hop to the Biggity Boogity Beat big, Funny, uh, uh, Comics got it. So you don't know where it's coming from. So it's streaming from all these different platforms, and it's kind of hard to just keep track of everything.
0: How do I get my uh my cut? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part. But you know, one thing I know you got to do is you got to join Sound Exchange, so you can kind of monitorize your money and find out where they're playing your stuff at. So any comedian that has a, um has done a lot of stuff back in the day in the nineties, and so now, and um they're play, playing your stuff on satellite radio. You can get paid. You go on Sound Exchange. You put your information in, and and you can go kind of check and see where your money's at.
0: And that's, I think um I think the the people in music are having the same the artists and music are having the same issues
1: yeah they are because they, they don't know about the streaming services a lot of stuff like they that' stuff getting played left and right stuff so probably getting played overseas right now every day on the, on a dial and don't even know nothing about it so that's the only scary thing about um when you're streaming you don't really know where it's going at because you know you got people they'll take this stuff put it on their show but you know it's coming from? Lol, but you didn't know that. Ha uh, ha ha! I got it too. Right. So it's just, its crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, hopefully they'll figure out how to work that system within the next two years or so. But right now it's kind of hard to track the streamings. Right, now. that's the hard
0: part. So, you know, all of this—all this media, like you said, you brought up back in the day. We had pages. You had to get the pages. Get the pages to the pay phone. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember before, um, when I was growing up, you know, I ain't gonna tell my age, you know what I'm saying? But it was a, it was an eight track in the living room, the oh yeah I, a, yeah, I had that, so yeah, I had that too. You know what I'm saying? Eight track, like eight track in the record player, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. Forty five, the little thirty, yeah. the little one with the little piece you put in the middle, Yeah, yep. in the middle.
1: No doubt, I remember
0: that. Yeah, I'm saying. So to see it mm-hmm. to go from that. Like you said, you about to, about to start giving flash drives out.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start selling flash drives now. I went to the show last night, um, and uh, they was like, yo, man, I even got a DVD player, oh, OG. That's he called me, OG. It was a bunch of young cats in there. I don't even have a um, DVD player, OG, but I'm going to buy it anyway. I was like, thanks, dog. So, yeah, but I got to get a flash drive. Like, I really got to stop playing and just go and get that flash drive. Um, a friend of mine put all my stuff on a, uh, a flash drive card, but I don't know how many gigabytes you're supposed to put on there. And I'm, uh it's just so complicated. I'm like, what? How many gigabytes? Like, yeah, you got four hours of stuff, then you got to get something that's going to hold it. Calm. I'm like, ah, oh, that just sounds Japanese, yeah, man. Like,
0: you should be good, like 16 gigs, you know what I'm saying? 16 gigs be good. You can put like For four hours? 16 gigs get you like, like 15, 20 hours, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but how many for four hours? Because both of my DVDs are two hours long. So it was like, if I did that, would I, would I need like a, a four gigabytes or eight gigabytes or what?
0: Like a two-hour movie is like four gigs. So uh-huh. you would need like eight, about eight gigs, a little more than that. You know what I'm saying? For, um, for four hours? For four hours, yeah.
1: Eight gigabytes?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, good. I got I got a bunch of those right now. Perfect. Okay,
0: cool. That'll work. You know what I'm saying... um. Depending on how much, you know, how much, uh, how big your movies are. You know what I'm saying? Some movies is like, if I took like a DVD and put it straight and copied it straight, it'd be like four gigs. But like a two hour movie, it might be only seven hundred megabytes, which is a lot less. So depending on how big the files is. Okay.
1: Right, we talk about that all the phone oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know I'm what like, hey, 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 I'm saying? going to need your help. I'm going to need help to put this on the on flash drive stuff. We cover yeah, yeah, all yeah. bases yeah.
0: here Black New Radio. We cover all bases. All right,
1: cool. We're going to talk about that when you get out this interview. There. That's
0: stuff. All right. Definitely. No problem. So, how you get into, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, son, one of my favorite things and kind of comedy is impressions. Yeah. So, what's your, uh, your, your, your favorite impression to do?
1: I don't know, man. I got a hundred of them. That's that's the crazy part. Like, I got a hundred of them. You know, I'm do Pony Mac all day long. I'm going to tell him, Sig and and Sig and You know, from Steve Rocker. Oh, I can't stop by now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You the damn fool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like I could go all day long. I remember one show I did, Um, I just said I wanted to test myself, and I went on stage. And I did almost every impersonation I can think of, and people just stopped laughing. And they was like, "I said, what's wrong? What's wrong, y'all?" They're like, "Yo, you just keep going." And it's like it's <laughs> like I messed them up. Like they go, Yo, "You just you just kept going." Like I just like to do that every now and again, just mess everybody head up, and let them know how many voices I got. So like I'm 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 no one really knows. They say a thousand voices. They say a hundred. And say 50, I'm not quite sure. I haven't done it in a while Why I just went on stage and just did everything I had. Like, I just, I got, it's going to take me a minute.
0: Oh, um, well, them two right there that you, uh, that you did right there, Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. um, you did those in Death of a Dynasty.
1: Yeah, I did Steve Harvey and Death of a Dynasty, um. Damn, that story is crazy. Uh so how did that happen I'm trying to think figure out how that happened. Okay, so we heard that they were doing the film because they uh Damon and uh they were gonna really start to go hard with the films, what uh, uh Rockefeller was really gonna start going hard with the films. Yeah. So what they did uh uh which was my favorite picture of all time, Paper Soldiers. I still I still crack up when I see Paper Soldiers and that's like a classic. Yeah. So I still see, when I see paper, i like, I love Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers paid in full. Um, and then they were working on... Um, state Property. State Property. State Property 1 or 2. Uh-huh. And then they did, uh, I think they were working after that State Property 1 or 2. That's when they were going to do Death of a Dynasty. And um, the concert, they, and they pretty much grabbed every comic in New York to jump on that one from me, Smokey, Tony Roberts uh, Rob Stapleton, like they was grabbing everybody from New York on this one, Capone, everybody. Um, and what wound up happening was somehow somebody mentioned my name and I went through an audition. And then I think a, a couple of days later, I got it. And, uh, when I got to the taping, uh, I'm like, well, how are we doing this? What's going on? Yada, yada, yada. And they did some real illegal stuff. And I'm like, yo, how you going to do that? Like, I got there and one of Damon Dash's assistants, she was like, yeah, um, nobody's getting paid for this. So if you still want to do it, you let me know. I'm like, what? I said, what you mean? We shooting a film. What do you mean ain't nobody getting paid? And she was like, well, that's what it is. There's no money in here. You're not going to get any money. Yada, yada, yada. So if you still want to do it, you know, you could do it, but you're not going to get any money. So I'm sitting there with a decision like, wow. And everybody's still taping and living their best life. And I'm like, <laughs> still like what you mean? Ain't no money. Like, what are you talking about? It's a film.
0: It's a favor pro bono.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's what she said. Something to the fact, Like, is this a favor? I'm like, a favor? I'm like, that's not what you do doing. Films, They don't favor like you get paid. But because there was so many comedians in the film, they would have been like, yo, we got to pay everybody. I guess so they felt like they did this before um, Master P was doing his other pitches with all the comedians. He did. Damon actually did it first. Right. So I know, I know that, you know, Master P said, yeah, you know, I'm the first one to put all these uh Instagram comedians in the film. He had over a hundred. But we did it first, though. We didn't have a hundred. Well, we was the first to have a bunch of comics in the film, but um, it was like uh, I, I said, okay, you know what? i do it, you know, and then um, right before I said I wanted to do it, I ran into Charlie Murphy and Charlie Murphy talked to me like, we've been buddies for years, and I'm like, yo, this is Charlie Murphy, like, he just sitting down just having a regular conversation to me telling me about his life and I remember
0: he told What's me this child? story. Charlie <laughs> yo, yeah. Yeah, man. So
1: he he sat down and he just started talking to me, telling me about the story on how he moved from Brooklyn to Long Island, and he just just started telling me he, you know, he, you know, at the time was this crazy dude in Brooklyn that you know he was just nuts, and you know if you had beef with him, you had beef, and he so Charlie wasn't no punk, so he said the dude came up on him on some goofy stuff, and Charlie wove his butt out. You know, because Charlie was martial arts at the time. So Charlie was like, he beat him down. And then it seemed like every time the dude seen Charlie, he just wanted to fight. So then Charlie was beating him up every time he seen him. So finally, Charlie said, well, maybe if I just let him beat me up, he'll leave me alone and he won't keep messing with me. So then the dude still kept coming after him. So finally, he didn't want no smoke no more. So Charlie just like, listen, man, every time I seen him, you know what I'm saying, but I'm saying, I just ain't fighting him no more. I just seen a dude and just start running, you know what I mean? I ain't got no problem. So like, I'm tired of fighting this dude. It's just, I'm just done, you know what I'm saying? I'm stressed all out, head falling out, you know what I mean? It's crazy, you know what I'm saying? So then finally, I ran to my pop, my pop, like, yo, man, what's wrong with you? Your head falling out, you look stressed. What's going on? I said, nah, papa, probably good, you know what I'm saying? But then the dude just beat and chasing me for like a year. So finally, I told my pops was going down. My pops said, bumped that yo. We gonna move, and we moved from you know, shame moved from Brooklyn to Rosedale. And I was like, Rosedale. And anybody know anything about um <laughs> uh, Long Island? That's like one of the roughest parts <laughs> from Long Island. One of the top five roughest from Rosedale to a um, uh, 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 wine dance, like wine they just like, yeah. Roosevelt. They, Ro- no, not Rose, they Roosevelt, even the Roosevelt, my bad, Uh-oh, Roosevelt, Roosevelt. Roosevelt, yeah, they for Roosevelt, so they, um Ed, I think it was younger at the time, and Char- Charlie's the oldest, Yo, so Ed's the second, so yeah, so he, they moved to Roosevelt, because that's why they moved to Roosevelt, because he kept, he kept having beef with the dude, and he kept having to fight him. So the father was like, yo, I'm sticking this side, right, cool. So they moved from Brooklyn to Roosevelt. And when they moved to Roosevelt, Roosevelt was just as crazy, because Roosevelt wild as hell. So if you know about Long Island, yeah. Roosevelt, um, a wine dance. Like, I did a show last night, and... Hock-a-pock, I can't even pronounce the name, and I said Roosevelt and Wyandot. Everybody was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> this, like that's
0: tradition, be bad. Yeah, I got a friend down here in Florida that's actually from Roosevelt. We just talked about Woo! Eddie Murphy. Uh, I think yesterday he was like talking about how they used to live up there. He used to live around yes. there yeah, yeah, Everybody,
1: everybody. If you from Roosevelt at that time, everybody knew Ed. Everybody knew Ed and Charlie. Yeah. Like, Roosevelt's one of them kind of spots in Long Island where everybody, seemed like, everybody knows everybody.
0: I think Flavor Flavor knew from that, I that way, too.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's Flavor Flavor from Roosevelt, too, yep. So everybody, like, I think he was Flavor knew Ed, like, everybody knew Ed. Like, that's like, I guess it's like, um, what is it like? I guess it's like Jersey, where we got, Newark and Jersey. Everybody in Newark know everybody. Right. So it's like Roosevelt's like, one of them towns in Long Island, like, everybody knows everybody in Roosevelt.
0: That's crazy though. That they coming out, you know. Rest in peace once again, Charlie Murphy. You know what I mean. Yeah, Doctors. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> 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 what you hear for Charlie Murphy? <laughs> yeah, 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 he he gonna live forever though. Real talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying um, mm-hmm. he definitely uh is a legend, legendary, and uh. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that Death of a Dynasty. That's a crazy movie, man. That um, that whole thing, the the whole concept of it, and everything that was going on in real life, and you go back, go back and look back at what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I was like, why would they make that movie? He basically well, telling the yeah. future. Like, yeah, they,
1: they, yeah. Sometimes um, art, art, um, <laughs> art image life. So they was already having problems anyway because. I think they started having problems once. Um, I think that Jay-Z said he went on vacation somewhere. He came back and damed and hide all these people. He didn't hide Cam all these people. Yeah, Cameron, crazy. Like, how you going to make him vice president? And, and, you know, this us, you know what I mean? Like, you got to, first of all, it's a New York thing where
0: yeah.
1: Brooklyn and Harlem, you got two, like, uh, what you call it, alpha males right there. Because Brooklyn, they, don't, they ain't having it. Harlem is like they alpha male, Queens, all oh, every borough is like that. But it's just like that's when you when you get them when you, it was a miracle how they get them to work together that long. But I don't care how much money you make, eventually, you know, money changes people, you know. Right. And and you know, people just they, they start wanting to go different directions and, and stuff like that there. And um I were I really was disappointed when those two fell apart because I felt like Every time black folks get together, we can't never have anything long term for like 30, 40 years. Like our other counterparts are white, you know, Italians and, and, and I, I Latinos. We can't never keep it together long because of beef, you know. Right, right. Like, but, you know, when you're making money, though, at this at this point, everybody going to have some problems. somebody going to want to go this direction and somebody going to want to go that direction. But I think if they would have stuck it out, put the egos aside. And I think they could have been like trillionaires. I mean, not to say that Jay-Z not borderline there now, but I'm just saying, had they did it together, I think they could have been to like a trillionaire status, though.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, affected everybody around them, you know what I'm saying? Which is good to see, you know, they're peace now, you know, for what I know. Yeah, but
1: they together, together, they were like Batman and Batman together. Like, I really thought, like, together, they were dope together because they made a lot of money together. And I think that if they would have kept that going on, no telling the other millionaires and billionaires could have came off with them. And I think that's the thing we're missing. Like once people black people of color get some money, we got to start spreading that around. Like we don't need one billionaire. We need 20. Right. You know, we don't need just one uh, a one billion millionaire or 12. We need 100. So we had 100 millionaires and 20 and 50 billionaires. We can start making some changes. You know
0: that's facts that's you no. know that's we you know it though when i when around that time you started you know mm. 19, 89 90 and all of that you know what was out back then you know that was um public enemy x clan KRS. Yep. you know yeah. all that, um all the positivity you know um yeah. nowadays it's like everything got dumbed down
1: well you gotta the, 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 it's dumbed down because now you gotta search good music now you gotta search you gotta like my son taught me that my uh, you know like they said out of the mouths of bass my son showed me like listen pop don't just listen to the radio he said mm-hmm. you know you go on uh uh youtube and you'll find a whole bunch of stuff at the time and that's why I found like a lot of artists I never heard of before my son put me on people I never even heard of before I'm like well who this guy if You don't pop. listen to this guy so my pop my son got me hooked on Drake he got me hooked on Nipsey Hustle when he first came out. And I'm yeah, like, people right. just got on Nipsey when he passed. I've been on Nipsey Hustle. Right. So my son put me on a bunch of cats I never heard of from Dom Kennedy, Ab Soul. Uh-huh. Like, he put me on to some real good hip hop artists. Like, I was like, thanks, son.
0: And that's what no. so you know. And, that, and that, you're right. You're absolutely right. You got to look for it. You know? Yeah, you got
1: to look for it now. Even on Title, I done find a couple of artists I never heard of before, ever. And you know when the song goes off on title, they'll play something that relates to them, and I start listening to this, I'm like, Well, who this guy? Who this girl? Who this the so next thing I know, I'm saving it and listening to the album.
0: Which is crazy. It kinda reminds you back in the day, we how we used to listen to Red Alert and you just hear yeah. you people and be like, Oh, who that? You know. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. how we used to get put on the people with the DJs used to put us on, but a lot of yeah. DJs nowadays like they playing the same, same old, same old so you gotta yeah. show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they've been doing the same old same old forever, but it just got worse and worse. And at some time in the '90s, they start you know they was always doing that even in the '90s. But every now and again, you get a radio station that plays some stuff. You were like, "Yo, who these guys?" And that was this group out of I was cats out of New York called Stretch and Bapito. Yeah, and I knew, and I knew Bapito. Like I had Bapito number in my yeah. phone. i was like, "Oh, that's like we were like cool calling each other. Yo, Papa, what's up, man? Make sure you're gonna be in." So it's crazy to see how they, they just changed the game on hip-hop, and now they have an um, album on title, what they're going to start. It's an EP right now, but they're going to have an album with all the old-school artists that did freestyles on that show from back in the day, and now they got an EP right now out, and that EP is ridiculous.
0: All right, now I already know, because their show used to be ridiculous, man. Yo, yeah, That was a thing back in the day. We used to stay up late, 2 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, uh, stretching by Yeah, I, oh, I remember the first show they played. Um, Wu Tang. I think they played Wu Tang and um Black Moon. Same show, like Christmas night. Oh, two. wow! Oops. I mean standing up late, and they just kind like, "Who the hell is this?" Wu Tang came on. You know, mm-hmm. um, Teddy Ted, awesome too. Wow, Ted I know Kill them out. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I go back, you know, yeah. like like Biggie said, it's crazy because you know I grew up, you know, St. James, same block. My bedroom was on the bigs. and when he said yeah. I let my tape rock to my tape pop, I remember, yeah. I remember Red Alert with the, with the mixes and us making them, them tapes, and he had his radio blasting, and we used to put a little tape over there and record over, it, put the little tissue in the yep. corner, you know what I'm saying <laughs> yep <laughs> and make and record over uh, bootleg tapes and all of that like
1: yeah you know, I love you tape off the radio yep you got to <laughs> tape as yeah. long off the radio
0: yeah yep. wait for the because sometimes you get the commercial you be mad you got the commercials too but mm-hmm. I used to so I know how to
1: my my skill was I stop it rewind it and then I would just hold it right at that point where it and the commercial came on and then I would just Tape over it, right? Yeah, tape right over the commercial. They kind of like blend it real smooth, like the commercial that we became on. I was like, I was the king of cassette tapes, and if my cassette tape popped, I knew how to fix it. Surgery. Yeah, it was like surgery. Yeah, you yeah. get your little pencil, get your pencil, get you a piece of tape, real thin, not yeah. too you cut it real, real, cut it real thin, and put the two pieces together. Shoot, you never even know that tape pop.
0: Splice it up, be like a little yeah. one second pause.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, shoot, I was, I was spicing before it was even popular.
0: You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, kids don't understand the struggle. They got it good these days. Nah,
1: they ain't Nah, They, ain't, they ain't had to go through none of that. Headache. We had to go through with tapes and stuff, with cassette tape, trying to tape stuff off the radio. Damn, they don't know
0: nothing about that life. Sure, actually going to the store and buying it, and actually going to the actual record store and buying it when it came out. But yeah, uh, I was. Hey,
1: I thought about that yesterday. How um, out back in the day, we were uh, buying cassette tapes and stuff, and you had to bust the cassette tape open and you um and put that pull that wrapper off and slap that bad boy in the cassette player. Yeah. I'm like, ah, uh. it was like, man, I hope I hope they didn't, I didn't they didn't kill me on this ten dollars boy. I hope they ain't waste my time.
0: Man, look, that's why you know you get the bootleg one and then the uh, the words in the bootleg. Sometimes you know the bootlegs was crazy because it's like the bootleg DVDs. You don't know yeah, what you're gonna never, get.
1: I, I never could get a bootleg DVD. I never got down with that. Like I hated bootlegs. I never got bootleg DVDs. Never got bootleg cassette tape. Always like, nah, I'ma see
0: on yeah. Once I realized, once I realized I was supporting the artist, I stopped getting bootlegs. Plus, I moved yeah. out. Of, plus, I moved out of New York too. Okay. Like '92, but um, you know, when I was a kid, and you know, money wasn't money was uh plentiful like that. Yeah, we used to get bootlegs sometimes, but the words used to rub off after like three, four days. Yep, <laughs>
1: that's
0: why like, I bootlegs. <laughs> sometimes I you got bootlegs with the same thing on both sides. It'll be a whole different, a whole different tape than you you thought you was buying. You'd be like, Oh man, they didn't got me.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, I wanted to see. Uh, I remember I wanted to go see. What's the name of that picture? Uh, what's the uh, movie? Oh man, what's the name of it? Um. New Jack City.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: and I was about to go see it in the movie theater, And one of my people was like, yo, I got it on bootleg. I'm like, for real? And I was like, okay, cool. I go, you know, I go get it from you. And I watched the first minute of it. And they were jumping. And I saw somebody standing up in yeah. the background. I'm like, oh, hell no. I just <laughs> popped it out of my PCR. And I said, let me go see you down there. Go Both of them, so I just left.
0: Uh, so I'm going I'm to see people getting up, standing up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. the real screen you're like yo. Yeah,
1: but so I, that was it for me.
0: Nowadays you got Netflix. You don't. You don't even got Blockbuster no more.
1: Oh man, Blockbuster That would be my spot back in the day.
0: Make sure your Blockbuster car was, was was current. You know, you'd be mad. You know, you you know old money. <laughs> have your videos out too long. You can't get no new videos. You'd be mad in the mug.
1: Yeah, well I'm a um uh, one of my boys, he was around the corner from my house. He had a um, he owned a video store. His well, his mother owned a video store. And um anything I wanted to see, you know, you know, as far as movies or whatever, he was like, yo, Shane, what you got? Yeah, and, and You know, so it, it was cheap. I think back then it was like two dollars to rent a movie, two to three dollars to rent a movie back then. It was like a new release, I think it was like five dollars or something like that then. So I was gonna hammer his store.
0: Yeah, that's about... Yeah, that... He spent hours up in blockbusters, like... those kids and stuff, but... Yeah, that's how everything changed and everything, but, um... I know right now, you got a series, a comedy series going on, um... that you've been doing with other comedians. And Uh, tell the people about that.
1: Uh, what, what, what series? Oh, well, right now, we're doing this show called Meet Me at the Movies. It's on YouTube right now. Um, it's like a show about, um my boy Jay Jay Sing Median. We uh do a uh, we rate we talk about the films that's out in the movie theaters or on on demand or whatever and we talk about that and um it's like about a um it's about a thirty minute show and uh, we got picked up and while we're on this network called Griffin Icon right now. Um but right uh, the old episodes are on um YouTube. Yeah, they're on YouTube and Facebook. The old episodes are on YouTube and Facebook of Meet Me at the Movies, so you can check that out right now. And uh, it's a funny show. We're on season five right now. We're about to start season six next month.
0: Okay, definitely. Yeah, y'all check that out. Yeah, definitely check, check that, that out. out. Yeah, I'll talk definitely. about that, um, that the the comedy, um, Corner Tuesdays.
1: Oh, the one in Queens?
0: The Hood Royalty Oops. Comedy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do
1: that every Tuesday. Um, and it's outside, so we ain't got no problems with nobody, you know what I mean. Outside, a little social business thing right now. So we do that right now, that's every Tuesday at you know, this place called Cafe Regal in Queens. Every Tuesday.
0: Smokey Suarez.
1: He was there last week, yeah, he was there last week. And um I think we got some chick gonna be there this week. I mean Christine, the cougar cool of comedy, she gonna be there this Tuesday.
0: Well, I know um Doing that show with Smokey had the guys bring memories back from uh the paper soldier days and.
1: Oh nah, I mean, shoot. Me and Smokey did a movie together too. We did a picture called um, was it called not the hustle? Was it the hustle? No, not the hustle. That's um, what's it called? Um, oh my god, yeah. Me and Smokey did a film together too. It's funny. It was not too far from um Rosedale. I mean, not Rosedale. Roosevelt it was too far from Roosevelt. What was the name of that picture? Oh man, it was an independent film. Me and Smokey did. It was me, Smokey Talent. It's called. uh Here we go. Fugazi.
0: Oh so, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: Fugazi. So if you, um, you, you, I think you can still get the DVD. Um, if if people still got DVD players, you can still get the DVD. I don't know if it's streaming on anything right mm-hmm. now, but I'll definitely find out. Yeah. Matter of fact, it might be on YouTube for all I know. It might be all on YouTube right now for Gazy. But that was hilarious. Myself, Smokey Talent, that that picture was hilarious. Yeah, so that I tell you, I, that. Go check that out.
0: Look
1: it yeah, up on YouTube. Yeah, you go up on YouTube or see if it's on the streaming service. And then I have another film I did called Free Cable. That's on Amazon right now. I play like the Jamaican dude. And all I, you know, I got like 19,000 jobs, you um, know, yeah, it's called uh free cable. I got like 19 jobs in the, in the movie where I'm like, a, I own a cable company. I own a cab company. And, you know, some cats that work for me, they did some slime buckets. They was giving people free cable for the hookup. And I was trying to, I was hunting them down through the whole movie after that, the movie after that. So um, I actually played a lead on that one. And that was just talks right now of doing the second one.
0: Rise Clyde.
1: Yeah, he had a whole movie about being a can die, You know, we trying to motion piece up. So it's, it's it's funny, though. It's definitely funny. So if you go on Amazon, Amazon.com, or was it, is it Amazon? Yeah, Amazon, Amazon. I think you can find it on either Amazon right now. And it's uh, called Free Cable, so we'll look that up right now.
0: Definitely, definitely, y'all check that out. Yeah. So um... <laughs> Is get the people uh get the people on your social media, you know what I'm saying, so they can uh follow you, support you. And uh, All
1: right, um, yeah, uh Instagram, you go follow me on Instagram right now, it's the best way to follow me on Instagram because I don't know what's going on my Facebook page, is is fulled up and now I can't get into my first page or my second page, keep opening up so I don't know what's going on. But anyway, <laughs> right now you can follow me on Instagram under Cool Bubba Ice with a K. Cool. K O O L B U B B A I C E on Instagram.
0: Yo, definitely, definitely. Yo, this man right here, legendary. Legendary. Yes, I, heard. I heard all the all the all the stops he's made in his career. He in the career ain't over with either. Nope. No, uh, so you know they say black don't crack, so. Sure do. <laughs> My man got shows coming. And um definitely I appreciate you stopping by. I'm gonna help you out with that uh, you know, um with the storage and all of that with the with the with the hard drive thing. Yeah, please do. But uh yo you got anything um any advice for any um up and coming comedians up and coming artists just you know for the people in general
1: well uh if you got a job stay there don't don't leave yet stay there for a while um yeah, I don't mind you know people don't care you going up on the Instagram and that's cool, but also get the art down first. You can make. I don't care how many videos you make. Make sure you get that art down first. Get that art of comedy first, so you have longevity. A lot of people just go up there and do all these videos and stuff like that there. But then when you get them on stage, they got three minutes, and then that's it. And you know, and you you wind up getting the following. You making thirty thousand dollars. People come see you, and you got fifteen minutes. So I'm like, get that min- get the minutes down first. So when you come out there, people spending hard earned money to come see you. You got some funny to go with that.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: That's my advice.
0: You can't be no comedian if you ain't funny.
1: Well, well yeah, there's a lot of that running around, but you know you
0: what I'm saying? Try <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not long lasting. Like it, you're going gonna to kill them for a minute, but then after a while, people just going to get tired of just spending hard on money to come see you perform and you just eating it every time they see you. And you know, they 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 not gonna do it. They'll do it for a little while, but then after a while
0: they're gonna be tired. Ain't nothing so worse than a whack no comedian. You have one job. Yep. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh like I said in the beginning, you know, we all need laughs and um Yeah. Go check that old go check that deaf comedy jam out, go check out Fugazi. Go check out definitely go check out Death of a Dynasty. I don't even
1: know where to find Death of the Dynasty, That's funny you said that one.
0: I, th- I believe it's on YouTube.
1: Death of the Dynasty? I believe so. Okay, yeah, they need to go stream that one. Death of the Dynasty need to start streaming for Um, There's another pitch I did called Comedy Only in the Hood. They need to start streaming that. I don't know what they doing, but yeah.
0: Yeah, Comedy yeah. Only in the Hood, that's right. I'm, I'm going to touch on that also, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. So I got 30 years of comedy. It's going to take me like eight interviews just to get years. everything out. <laughs> yeah. You what know,
0: I'm saying? We squeeze a whole, you know, put a whole <laughs> line to this hour. This, this, this yeah. So um, definitely my um, I'm attach, You know, what I'm saying a couple a couple of your routines also to the interview so the people can hear it. Okay. All in one place, but um, definitely know you welcome back anytime. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep us updated. And right. appreciate you, OG. Appreciate you.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me, big dog.
0: Yes, sir. You have a blessed day, and uh, we're gonna touch base on that other stuff. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, can, can, um, can Eddie Murphy say bye to the people?
1: Hey, y'all, this is Eddie Murphy. I want y'all to come and visit Cuba Vice on, on Instagram and all that good stuff. <laughs> it's crazy, y'all. Check him no, out. He's so crazy. He's so
0: crazy. <laughs> hey, you got Coming to America 2 coming up, so.
1: Yeah, I wanted to be in that, but I, that didn't work out. Uh, you hear that, Eddie? It?
0: So coming to America 3, you got to put Cuba in there. <laughs>
1: There you go. We play a little brother or something.
0: You know what I'm saying? Because I know it's going to be a three now. Everything about franchising.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Yo, OG, All appreciate right. you again. Have a blessed one.
1: All right, thanks for having me, sir.
0: Cool Bubba Ice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Rise Clyde.
1: Boy, oh, yeah, boy, 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 boy. All right, OG. All
0: right, big dog. Peace. Peace. Hey, yo, this is C23 Black Neo Radio. That was cool, Bubba Ice. You know what I'm saying? Check them out and check out what's next. I'm out.